Hi, my name is Jeff Pagano and welcome to the Harpen and Rugby podcast, the Leinster and Ireland fan site in audio form. Well, this week sees the return of the Heineken Champions Cup where Leinster have a unique home and away date with Conan, so I invited Paul Kelly back in the pod to give us a Western perspective. Thankfully, despite having COVID for the past while, he was able to have a chat and he went over their recent form, also selecting a possible match day 23 for Friday night. So without any further ado, here's how we get on. Now it's time for our back and forward chat and joining me this week to offer an opposition view for Connett ahead of the Heineken Champions Cup round of 16 clash with Leinster is a great producer of content for the Connett fan account at the second row. That's 2ND second. Welcome back for your seventh Harpen appearance, Mr. Parra Kelly. Thanks, Jeff. It's uh, always great to be on with you. Really like chatting rugby with you and we always have a, a good heart conversation anytime we're on. Me too, that's true. Well, listen, before we get down to the business of uh, what's coming up this weekend here, Parra, I'd just like to give a plug or let you give a plug for your own podcast series that's running through the Women's Six Nations. Why don't you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I was, um, before the TikTok Six Nations came up, I was very conscious of the fact that there's lots of rugby podcasts. And to be honest, there's lots of men doing rugby podcasts. So I wanted to kind of help use my channel, use my, um, yeah, my channel to host women talking about rugby and knowledgeable women that I've met online and through Twitter and stuff like that. So I'm kind of a host to let that conversation happen and try and give an insight on the Six Nations as it happens. Brilliant. And um, who, who do you have on with you? So this week I had Ailva from the Irish Women's Supporters Club on Twitter and Facebook. People I come across her and Claire Malloy, who she's from up north. Very, very good voice on rugby. She has a, she's new to the game and it's nice to have a fresh Fresh perspective. Uh, a friend of mine, Fiona Halligan, will be joining us in the future. She's from from Mayo, um, knows her stuff, doing a master's in sports journalism. So it's just people who would a voice who want to use it. Brilliant. Yeah. Like you say, it's like this. Uh, I mean, there is a lot of coverage of the of the event, but it's good to have that fans perspective. It's good to have an idea, you know, from outside the more official ranks kind of thing and talking, you know, just fans talking about the talking about the event, talking about the occasions, um, the, the Irish team, you know, talk realistically about how the teams expect the expectations and the performances and stuff. And it's a really, it's really good. It's a really good show. And um, I obviously I put a link to the program notes. So everyone gets, uh, gets clued into that and uh, check it out. You'll be running it over the next few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, we will. We'll obviously take a break, a break after next week as the, when there's a break in the competition, but yeah, we'll have a, 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 round, a recap for every week off the competition. Brilliant stuff. Okay, well, so everyone, everyone, subscribe to that now. Like I say, the link will be in the program notes. Okay, so let's get chatting about the Heineken Champions Cup, shall we? Um, it's always great to see all four provinces in the pool stages. Even better to see all four provinces reach the knockout stages. But um, only then, it's kind of inevitable that at least two will kind of meet each other at some point. And so we have this uh, east-west battle uh, this time over two legs. But also, the rugby gods, in their infinite wisdom, decided that the two must also meet in the URC a couple of weeks beforehand. So I'm really sorry about this, mate. But we have to chat about this a little bit just to set the scene. It was a match um, down in Galway, uh, very much decided by an eventful first couple of minutes. What was the takeaway for Connor fans? Uh, for me personally, it was a disappointing end of the game. I think Connacht fans can take a lot from that first half. But that final 20 minutes, like the red card obviously has a shadow over the result. I think it was a foregone conclusion, especially after two minutes that a red card uh, that Leinster were going to win. But for me, how quickly we faded off was annoying, worrying even. Um, I expected it. You know, you're you're defending like that. You're attacking like we were uh, with some impact, some effect. Um, 
in that first half. And I was hoping, all right, get to 65th minute, keep it tight, get to 70th minute, keep it tight. But almost minute 45, minute 50, you're like, oh, okay, what's happened? You know, and it just went very quickly. And then when it went, the floodgates opened. And that that's annoys fans because we can sh- can't show what they can do. They're a good team. They play well. They play some nice attacking structures. And I think at times, if we had all 15 on the pitch, some of our launch plays would have ended up with tries. We just ran out of players. So I think there's enough to watch that game go, there's positive signs and what we can do against Leinster. But at the same time, it's that final 20 minutes is a worry against a team like Leinster. I'm, I'm not that I'm worried. I think that's kind of out of their system now, or I hope it is. But you have to know, acknowledge that it's there. Yeah, it was uh, obviously the match was always going to be defined by what happened in those first couple of minutes. I mean, we had a yellow card. We had a yellow card in the first play, but um, which, which you think is like the, an ideal start. Um, from a Connor perspective, you have an extra man there. Um, but then it just kind of went, I think, I think uh, Carty put that uh, penalty, um, did, didn't get that penalty to touch. And then straight away, there was the red card incident. It was just unfortunate for it happened that way. But then he just came back um, brilliantly. And you just, you know, we played exactly how any Leinster fan who had been watching properly all season, been watching all four provinces knew that, that, that they still weren't going to make it easy. And it wasn't really a surprise that, um, that, that, that it became such a contest and end up taking the lead and stuff. I think it, it was almost a case of you almost didn't want the first, the, the halftime came at a wrong time. I think was, was probably what happens. Yeah. We actually did a one halftime. The 18 minutes could be played in one go. Yeah. That would be fine. I think Leinster able to get in and talk about some of the issues and sort things straight. Um, the scrum especially like there's no way that Connacht should have been on top of the scrum that first half because we were scrummaging a man down when Leinster were attacking and then clearly a discussion in at half time fixed that technical issue and suddenly we had no real end to the game whatsoever yeah I mean it's 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 kind of a it's almost like a a, a downside of the modern game where play, players, they, 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 they go through the analysis and they go through, so they, they've nothing to do all week, but to go through analysis and play by play and preparation and stuff. So the, the, the players go out on that pitch fixed on this set mindset as to how to get over the other team. And then you saw this at Twickenham as well in the six nations, you lose a player in the first minute and now all of a sudden it's 15 or 14, you have the extra man. And it's like, well, okay, we're, we're still going to the game plan. And uh, even against Italy, um, it was like you had two extra men, but it was, it wasn't always that easy because the players are still fixed. It's like, you know, it, it's not easy just to snap into a simpler kind of game, but Leinster had the chance to regroup. And uh, I think we were very lucky. We got Frawley back at the pitch as well. I think that was a big deal for us as well. But um, um, it was just, like I say, when, when, when the, the red card happens so early, it's going to make it that much more punishing for that last 20 minutes. So it's, it's just, it's just the way it turned out. Yeah. Leinster, especially in the second half, they just straightened up an attack. They made sure we weren't able to drift. And when you're down with 14 men, if you can use a drift defense, you can negate it slightly. Whereas Leinster played more direct, used the forwards a lot more, but even in the carries midfield, they weren't looking to go wide early. They're just trying to tie up defenders in midfield. So when they did go wide, they were able to just get over the game line and create those spots in space. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was it was unfortunate the way it turned out. But um, I suppose if they, if if over the three matches, if it was going to happen in one of them, it was it was almost better. It was gonna it was gonna happen then. But um, anyway, listen, it was it, it was one. It was put in the books, and um, that was that. 
that's just the way it went. But um, so basically after that, you really needed to bounce back with a result the following week where you had to go to the Stadio Di Manigo to face uh, Benetton. Uh, you got off to something a slightly better start this time. Yeah, it was such a weird game. A really good opening 10 minutes, 20 minutes, get ahead on the scoreboard. There are a few penalties we had in kickable positions I think we should have taken. Um, personally, uh, there's a bit of we're playing cup rugby now for the, between now and the end of the season, out, no matter what the game. And I think we should just put ourselves out of sight, uh, make it, made it a 14, 16 point game early, as early as possible. Uh, and then Benetton grew into the game. They had all their internationals back. They're obviously buoyed by that win against Wales. And they grew and grew and grew. And don't get me wrong, we let them grow into the game. But from a car perspective, we didn't capitulate. Um, if you look across the season, uh, the loose head actually flagged this very early on in the year in the season on Twitter. Connacht's final 20 minutes, we don't seem to win. And to be able to hold Benetton out when they are going for the win like that is was huge. Um, there are some big individual moments there on the day. I think Porch's tackle that they went looking back for the knock on was just that was the game. I think once Benetton got pushed back from our five meter line to outside 22, I don't think they're going to go there again with the clock in the red. So look, at the end of the day, we came out and we got the win. And I think that's all that mattered. Quick start. And then when Benetton came back into it, we didn't fall fold. And that's the takeaway. You know, you take the win, you take W when you've been on a little bit of a losing streak. And that's the main thing from it. Yeah, because they got to try... They, they 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 went ahead for the first time like towards the end and it was a big it was a big deal and the clock was hidden towards the 70s um at that stage as well so you really needed to be able to 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 first of all get down to their end and then finish it off but um i mean that's that's what i've always said about this particular kind of team this season is that whenever whenever match situation they're in you always know they have a try in them you know they they can put and even 10 14 points on you really quickly so you really have to be, be on your guard and um, once once they got down there they they got that try right at the end and uh, and then managed to stay ahead yeah it was nice to see us go down and score in one go um where as much as our attack is actually quite nice, our our score in the 22 race would be quite low. So our ability to be clinical of, of one opportunity isn't something we were renowned for this year. So to see us go down and just score on that one opportunity was brilliant. Um, it's something we'll need to do looking forward to next week. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about let's talk about next week. Now um, we'll get to Friday night. I don't think anyone can deny it'll be it might it, it could be an uphill battle for Connick given how well Lencerman played in Thelman Park at the weekend. But Andy Friend is like more than proved himself that he can get a big result out of the bag. How how do you see him going about it, and what kind of match day squad do you think he'll go with? So I wrote out a twenty three that I think might start. I think there'll be one or two changes, but I do think we'll see Matthew Burke, Dave Heffernan, and Finley Bealham in the front row a possibility of Niall Murray and Leva Fita in the second row. I wouldn't be surprised if anyone of Dowling or even Delan were there. I don't think Gavin Thornbury is fit enough to start just yet. He's my, he'd be my replacement. Uh, Prendergast, Boyle, Oliver are a very good settled back row. Blade and Carty would be my halfback pairing. I think Blade offers that snipe quality that keeps Leinster's defence honest. Uh, so does Marmy, but Blade is just, say, 
Marion's an eight out of ten out of Blades, a nine out of ten out of this. And you're looking for all those little points of difference in a game like this. And a backline of Wooden, Bundy, Farrell, Porch, and Hansen would be a possibility, but I wouldn't be surprised either to see Tiernan at 15, Hansen on the wing, and Porch on the other wing, Wooden on the bench. But I think we'll go for 6 2 split. I think we'll need to be physical. I think we'll need the pack to play a huge game. Watching that Leinster Munster match, the aggression that Leinster were able, were able to bring across the pitch, and it was in the main controlled aggression. They're just a, an incredibly physical team. Um, they scored some lovely tries, but they were winning the game line constantly. And if you're from football, it's very easy to play nice rugby. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, I mean, I was really, it, it was one of the, of the, of this whole season now, I think it was the game. I most enjoyed the rewatch and just writing about, just writing about it afterwards is a pleasure to do. Sometimes you do it week in, week out. It becomes a bit, you know, sort of routine and stuff. But um, this this game in particular, just watching the, the the cohesion, because mostly because I wasn't expecting it. Not even that it was against Munster. It was that you know the you know the internationals being filtered in. There's a lot of caveats. You know, there's a they're 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 getting ready for Europe. They're they're setting up for the business end of the season. You wouldn't expect them to be this uh, switched on uh, for, for a big match like this. And, you know, you, if there were mistakes and stuff, you, you, you wouldn't be that surprised, but they were so clued in. And there was that, that moment at the end of the first half when, um, when they had to, when, when they turned the scrum against the head almost and, and turned possession over and got that extra three points, which was worth more than three points in the end. It was, uh, it was, it, it was, it was really impressive, but we're not here to talk about Leinster. So I won't go on too much about that, but this is, I suppose, what you'll be looking at, um, uh, on Friday night, but it, I mean, in terms of the overall mindset of Connor fans going into this, I mean, obviously this is a, it's a unique kind of occasion. It's the two legs. It's, it's more like a European football um, uh, event than, than anything else. It's, it's unusual to, to the sport though. We're, though we, we, we did have those back to back matches uh, in the past. Only this time yeah. we're going to add the scores together. Um, so you'll just be looking, you can only really take it as one match at a time, can't you? Yeah, and the whole setup is that Leinster are favourites just by how the draw is done. No matter, say if Cox win on Friday, even by a point, well, Leinster know they have to win by three and they're through, you know, in the next game up in the Aviva. So that's the type of thing that this does. So if you're home in the second leg in this, you you really are on the front foot. All you need, to, even if you lose away from home, you lose us by a small amount as possible and you're fine. It's not about bonus points or anything like that. It's about just getting that W. Um, I think we have a game plan that can trouble Leinster. I think we attack offset piece in a way that will trouble Leinster. Will it be enough? I, I don't know. I think we'll need 60% possession to have a chance and play a bit better territory than we have. Try not to get into kicking battles, those type of things. But will it be close? Yeah, it's an Interpro. It's a European knockout match. It's going to be a huge game. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tighter than people think it's going to be, uh, hopefully. Um, do I see a Connacht win? If I'm honest, no. But if Connacht win, would I be surprised? Also, no. Like I Connacht, Of course, Connacht can go out and beat this Leinster team. They are not invincible just yet. Oh, I mean, I mean, when we knew about these three matches, 
like a while ago. I mean, I always said, I said, listen, you know, whatever you want to say about which, which team is better than the other. But I mean, if Leinster actually win all three of these games, um, I'll be singing it from the rooftops because that'd be amazing. It, it was, it's, it's like whatever about adding two legs or which is in the URC and which is in Europe and whoever. Three wins from three for Leinster would be an amazing achievement because it's, it's um, because this kind of team is, is it's they, they, like you say, they can produce. It's just a question. Can they do it for 80 minutes? Um, and, but they, they definitely have the players. This is their full play, full, full squad now as, as much as they can. You, you were saying, I saw a tweet from you on Twitter saying that apart from one or two um, injuries, it's a, it's a, they, they, they've a, pretty much a full squad. Yeah, we're missing Dennis Buckley, who would I would say would have started, and Shane Delahunt, who um, possibly would have started in, um, at Hooker. But that's pretty much it. Other than that, other than one and two, we are first choice and full strength across the board. Yep. So you take that as the full squad. You take the the the, the friend factor. You take in the uh, the Friday night in Galway factor, which is always a factor, um, and uh, all this kind of stuff. And it's uh, it, it promises to be a really a really really strong occasion there. Um, and it it really could go either way. I mean, it's like it, it it's to say that you couldn't see a a win for any way in which Connor could win, which just, just wouldn't be right. No matter what happened in previous, previous encounters. I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely a path there for them and a path where they, they play their way to a win. Yeah. Like, at, and at the end of the day, Connick have nothing to lose here. Mm. The, the pressure is all on Leinster to come out and win this. The expectation is on Leinster to come out and win this. We could just go out and well, go for it, uh, completely throw the ball around, have as much controlled aggression as possible. I think the return of Bundy, is huge. Like he is literally 10, 15% of our energy. I think with him in the back line, Connor Oliver possibly starting at seven, you have this type of aggression that will be needed in a game like this. Um, yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going down. I can't wait to be in the sports ground. It's been a while. I'm hoping I'm feeling better so I can just go. Um, and I hope I'm still, I'm, I eventually stop testing second positive. Excuse my language. <laughs> Um, Using stronger language than that, if it gets that they kept coming up positive, all right. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm passed by. Uh, I'm out of isolation. It's just, it's just, it's it's hit, it's hit me. This one's hit me hard. I gotta say. So I'm um, I'm hoping I can actually still make it down. Um, the occasion is always great. There's a Friday night lights in Galway is one of my favorite places to be. So I'm looking forward to game. I just want a performance. There are times you you don't mind losing as a team. As long as the team you're supporting perform on the day, and you you can be you get beaten by a better team, you know that can happen. Do you know what I mean? But what's been happening to Conk this year? It's being thirty minutes here, twenty minutes there, and then nothing for the rest of the game, and we just fall away. That's the stuff that we can't see this week because Leinster showed against Munster and showed against us the week before. If there's any weakness at all they're going to exploit it and they're going to capitalize and they're going to run up a score. Yeah. Now Leinster, um, you, you, you see it in them the past couple of years that they've, they're trying to, they're, they're coming up with this kind of European mindset as well. They're kind of, they're, they're, they're this is how we play. And, and this is our European mode. I think that's what they were trying to switch into on, on in Tolmond as well. And, uh, but it, I mean, it's, it's not something that can't, you can't, you can still knock them off that. 
um, it's still possible. And that's how we've failed in Europe in the past is that teams like some of the bigger teams as, as well, like uh, as in physically bigger, like La Rochelle, were able to just basically overpower us uh, on the day and Saracens in the past as well. So we're trying to get ourselves in a mindset, but it's still a case of, and I think you're right about starting with Blade. I think that's the kind of thing we're going to play with a high tempo because we have Jemison Gibson Park doing his thing. But if you do it back at us the other way, it's all about uh, getting any little advantage off our, of uh, if, if once our defense sets, it's almost impossible to break down. So if there's a transition or anything, you need someone who's going to get on that ball and get it moving quickly, you know, and um, you definitely have the players to do it. You talk about Bundiaki as well. It's like, well, the thing about him is that from what I've heard, he's as much a presence on the pitch when he's not playing as he, as he is when he is, because uh, every, every kind of player can hear him uh, shouting from the sidelines, but having him on the pitch is such, such a huge uh, presence and stuff. And he can definitely make some waves. Yeah, it's uh, Andy Friend was talking about last week. I was in the, I was listening into the press conference about leadership, and he just hasn't quite got the formula right in how to get the different types of leadership gelling together for the best impact on the pitch. And when he can get that right, I think this kind of team can go places. Um, the over reliance on Bundy's energy is something they're quite conscious of. So having him available for the next two weeks, I'm be honest, I think he's playing every game from here till the end of the season. Um, but having him available for them is massive. Um, and if he has a game and everyone can raise their performance level by 20 to 30%, it's usually two to three. No, no, no. We're at 20 to 30 now for the rest of the season. If we can be there, if we can do as much as we can to put the, our own fate in our own hands. And um, just just on the URC, back to going back to that for a minute. I mean, how how do you think you're set for that? It's kind of gotten difficult now. The South African teams kind of creeping up the table, and they've they've muscled their literally muscled their way into the top eight. There, um, how do you, how do you see kind of sitting in with all that? I I see ninth or tenth in our future. Um, we're in a position where we have to rely on other teams, and that's just not something we have the luxury to do. Uh, when you're relying on other people to lose or win matches what you can control is so little that you have to kind of almost aim for win, aim to win all your matches and then still might not be enough. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it is a big ask. All right. Well, listen, um, listen, Paul, we're going to, we're going to leave it there. Thanks a million for coming on. Um, I hope that, uh, I hope that you do recover enough to, um, to make it down on Friday. I'm, I'm a bit coffee myself. I haven't been testing positive, Definitely will make it to Galway. I'm I'm holding out for the Aviva the following week, but hopefully this will all, this will all clear up soon enough. Um, and then you know, as for the as you know for the rest of the season, I just hope it all goes well for you. And um, you know, best of luck as well with the podcast over the next few weeks. Like I say, that links in the program notes. Please, uh, everyone, and get in touch with that. And we hope to have you on again before the season's out. Thanks, Jeff. It's, it's always great to chat with you. Um, I hope to see you at the Aviva. I'm hoping to be up there and we'll have a chat in person. And good luck with the rest of the season. I'm I'm sure you're looking for a Leinster double. Brilliant. Okay, thanks to me and Parnik and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Many thanks again to Parnik for the chat and I hope you're feeling better soon. Once again, I hope you'll all tune in and check out his podcast for the TikTok Women's Six Nations. For the rest of the week here on HarpinandRugby.net, we'll have all our regular features like Front 5 every morning, upcoming Rugby on Irish TV on Thursday, and then we'll be turning our attention to Friday night's match in Galway, so be sure to stay tuned. In the meantime, stay safe everyone. Slán and Slava Ukraina. <laughs>